This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You with the upper hand in your fantasy football leagues? Then you've come to the right place. To the right place. You're listening to the Upper Hand Fantasy Podcast. Now, here's your host, Faraz Sadiqi and Zach Rizzuto. Okay. All right. Week 14 is over. Did you make the playoffs? Did you make did the playoffs, I? guys? No, not you. I know <laughs> yeah, what happened to you. I did not. <laughs> uh, I'm asking the people. I'm asking the people if they made the playoffs or not. Uh, this is a big week. You know, a lot of people are tilting this morning. A lot of people upset. You know, especially after last night's game. That, that, that game was weird. Not the just, game that a lot of people wanted. Uh, it was just injury after injury after injury. Yeah. Um, there's like literally one player that did well. <laughs> That's it. James, <laughs> James Conner. That was it. Everybody else shit the bed. Oh, we got hurt. Um, so yeah, uh, it, it's a uh, it's a it's a rough morning for a lot of people. For, but for, but for some, they squeaked into the playoffs. Like myself, yeah. even say. though even though I caught the L yesterday, I still squeaked in because I had just a handful of points. More than Zach. Yes. And that's the only reason why I squeaked into that sixth seed, even though, you know, I didn't get it in the most gracious way. You got your ticket, so that's what counts. I don't think I I could have done anything differently. So this was just a bad twist of fate. (laughs) That's how it goes sometimes. I'm not hurt about it. In our followers league, I'm 10 and 4. So You are. And I missed the playoffs in that one. Yeah, so I'm gonna hang my hat on that one there. <laughs> I mean, I mean I, that team wasn't that good. I think I just got some good matchups in that league. But no, I hear you. Um, I'm pretty sure I missed the playoffs in that one. Let me see. Did I? No. Wait, did I make the playoffs? Yeah. Hold on. You second. did. At six. Oh. And eight. <laughs> I didn't, dude. I lost yesterday so badly. I didn't realize I made the playoffs. Wow, I'm so lucky, dude. I'm like I'm the luckiest guy. I squeaked in on that one too. Oh man, I'm so lucky. It's over. We'll it's see over. if it carries. We'll see if it carries over through the playoffs. I don't think so. In that league, you have a pretty good team. You have a pretty good team in that one. It's so, all right. Listen, I I hope you know if you listen to this podcast, I hope that you made the playoffs. I know that everybody can, but we're hoping that you guys can stick around uh, for the rest of the year. Uh, even if you didn't make the playoffs, kind of just keep paying attention to what's going on. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this is the waiver wire show. And if you listen to the waiver wire show, hopefully you need a waiver wire pickup so you can make it to the next round, uh, going into next week's. Now, if you got a first round buy, that's awesome. You know, good for you. I'm jealous. Yeah. Uh, but, but, uh, but yeah, all you got to focus on is week 15. Don't worry about the matchups in week four. I'm sorry, week 16. You don't have to worry yeah. about the matchups in week 15. You kind of go from there. Um, so, yeah, man. Uh, listen, like, if you didn't make the playoffs, guys, you know, I get it. You know, it's not the end of the world. You know, keep watching football. Keep paying attention. Um, but it is what it is. Sometimes it happens. You know, it's it's a game. It's why we play. Okay? I feel like I got to get that out the way. 
before we yeah. before we go. But somebody the game has last to night, lose. Dude, <laughs> I know somebody has to lose. What a weird game, dude! Like not the type yeah. of game you'd hope for. Like no. if you needed some points, right, to win your championship. Um, you know, if you needed a quiet game from these guys to get you in, then you probably got it, unless you were going up against James Conner. Uh, yeah. And by the way, James Conner was on the field for 71 of 75 offensive snaps last night. And, you know, the amount of love that I was giving James Conner before this season, like, it looked completely unwarranted. Uh, but yeah. maybe that will end up actually helping people win their league or at least help them make the playoffs last night. So, you know, maybe, you know, that's what I'm going to hang my head on <laughs> as well. Right. So yeah. that would all be worth it. Like if James Conner comes in and ends up being a league winner for people, like it's going to be like, all right, you know, I don't feel as bad. This you know, is what like, we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. At the beginning <laughs> right. of the season. Yeah. No, he was this a little banged up earlier this season too. So yeah. Oh, for sure. He was banged up and like, I don't know. The offense wasn't as good as we thought it was going to be. Um, he, he wasn't involved in the as the, in the passing game as much. Uh, a little bit of a, you know, not a split backfield, but he wasn't getting like ninety five percent of the snaps like he's getting now, which is going to yeah. help him. You know, hopefully he can stay healthy. And you know, if he does, he's going to be very very solid for you, high in RB two, the rest of the way. Um, but the big story of the night, man, Kyler Murray tearing his ACL, uh, brutal injury. You know, hopefully he can make a yeah. recovery soon. Um, you have to think that this injury will impact his value in 2023. Um, but hey, like at least he got paid this offseason, right? Like glad that yeah. happened for him. Uh, but the rest of this season, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, you know, Rondell Moore when he's back, this offense takes a hit, man. You know, these guys uh, can be hit. fine. But like Hopkins is probably just a wide receiver too, you know, at best. Mm-hmm. You know, and Hollywood is probably like a high end wide receiver three, maybe. Um Colt McCoy was lost yesterday. You know, and and Cliff Kingsbury yeah. didn't do anything to help him out. I don't think it's almost like Colt McCoy didn't like didn't prepare like at all. Um, but the problem was that the Patriots. What happens is like you get into a negative game script. You know, the Patriots know that you have to pass the ball, and they're just going to pass rush on every single play. And yeah. you know that's why we like targeting fantasy defenses who have a, you know, who are favored by a ton because at the end of the game you get like three four sacks. Um, yeah. You know that could yeah. lead into tur- lead, lead to turnovers. Yeah, Josh Uche had that himself. I think last night it was three sacks for him. So I'm not surprised. Like in the last I mean, like four, in the last like four minutes. Yeah. So Colt McCoy. Yeah. You say he looked unprepared. Yeah, it's kind of what I expect. You know, he's a backup quarterback, and I, I, I didn't. I'm not really a big Colt McCoy guy in the first place. You know, he's he's a backup quarterback. That's what he's going to do. So yeah, everybody on this offense takes a hit, except maybe like you said, James Conner. I think James Conner can retain you know, his value at least somewhat because the ground game looks like it's going to be what's working for them. And James Conner, like you said, he got that rollback that we wanted him to have coming into the season. He has that again. So hopefully you can keep a uh, stranglehold on that and things don't get too out of hand for him. But as far as receivers, definitely DeAndre Hopkins, he had 11 targets. He caught seven of them, but just for 79 yards. So he wasn't doing his thing. He had that fumble too, which was bad. I don't think that's going to affect him moving forward. It's not like they're going to give him less snaps, but this offense isn't going to be very good the rest of the way. They're definitely if they're not mathematically already eliminated, I'm not sure. They're they're not making the playoffs. So no. there's really gonna be no reason for them, you know, be trying too hard. I mean, unless it's just, you know, for for um, you know, something to hang your hat on this season. But it, this it, has been a long It's simply long Cliff time. Kingsbury's job. It's Cliff Kingsbury's job at this point. Uh that, yeah. that's and it. And he's probably gonna get fired after this year. 
if you're the Cardinals players, maybe you recognize that. Maybe you just keep losing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> get him out of there. Just someone competent. And yeah, as far as Kyler Murray goes with that injury, that's definitely going to impact his stock. We're going to be talking about the injury, you know, once June rolls around and, you know, offseason training ac- activities are starting and all that stuff. Kyler Murray, I'm not sure if he's even going to be ready for week one because these, no. you know, injuries, they tend to be like nine, 10, 11 month injuries, almost a year, right? So if you add nine months to now, I mean, that takes us right up to kickoff next season. And that's just yeah, a maybe, a that's best case scenario. Yeah, for a quarterback, you know, he might be able to get back, but you have to, you have to understand that that rushing, that rushing upside is going to take a hit for sure, yeah. um, at the very least. Um, that's no question. Now, next week they have Denver, okay? Um, so it's a little bit of a tough matchup for these wide receivers. And uh, it's a really tough matchup, actually. Now, the good thing is that one thing to remember yeah. is that Hopkins – went up against San Francisco in week 11 with Colt McCoy and went nine for 91 on 12 targets. So it wasn't terrible. Hollywood wasn't there though, right? So targets are going to be distributed a little bit. So, you know, at least Colt McCoy has shown that he can get the ball to his guys if he has to, even in a tough matchup. So don't, I wouldn't go completely off of DeAndre Hopkins next week. um, No. Coming up. Like you said, he's a wide receiver too. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of upside. Yeah. Yeah, and that's pretty much it. Like, what else What else happened? Oh, oh, of course, Ramondre Stevenson. Ramondre Stevenson, obviously, you know, people were expecting a big game. It was a good matchup. You know, he got in the – he got he, he left the game with an ankle injury. He came back. He had, like, a bunch of targets thrown his way for, like, the three snaps that he was in there for, and then yep. he had to leave again. Uh, he, couldn't, he couldn't hold up on that ankle. So, after the game, you know, there were, he was asked whether he would play next week, and he said he hoped so. So, there's no guarantee – so, which is no surprise why Damian Harris would be at the top of our waiver wire list this week. So, right. and, and once we get into that, we'll we'll talk more about that. But, um, yeah, it's unfortunate. You know, Ramondre Stevenson, you know, he was in line to win a lot of people their weeks and, you know, push them into the playoffs, but didn't work out. And yeah. it, it does suck. And hopefully, you know, if you did make the playoffs and you have Ramondre, the hope is that he does end up uh, making his way back next week. But, he's not the guy that you want to get hurt right now because he's been literally carrying teams uh, for this entire season. Yeah, pretty much. And he, he was doing really good. It was really disappointing because, you know, we said the work that he got in the few snaps that he had was, you know, right on pace with what he was getting the rest of the season and when he's been producing so well. So I feel like when he comes back, I feel like it's going to be in season. I don't think it was that bad. He tried to come back and play on it. Um, Maybe he plays next week. I'm not sure. We're going to have to see. But um, even if he does miss time, whenever he comes back, I'm not worried about him not reclaiming that role. I mean, I don't think there's anything Damian Harris is going to do. No. I mean, unless unless he goes for like 200 yards in each of these next few games, uh, I think Ramondre Stevenson is going to have the same role they had. So there's no worries for me. It's just you're not going to have him for the most important games of the year. <laughs> He's got even years. if he not- does even if he does get like 400 yards in the next two games without. Ramondre, I feel like Ramondre would go right back into his role because that's right. just how much Bill Belichick likes him, uh, yeah. loves him actually, because he never played a workhorse like he did. Uh, he does with Ramondre. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunate there. Obviously, Damian Harris would be the pickup, and then, you know, honestly, you know, between I like Pierre Strong, man. You know, we talked about Pierre Strong this off season. You know, he played in the FCS. He was a very efficient runner, especially his freshman year. Um, you know, and you know. He's a guy who didn't play against great competition. And once he got a full workload in college last year as a junior, you know, his efficiency definitely went down. But he's exciting to watch, man. And we saw him yesterday. We saw his speed, you know, come into play 
yesterday, and he also got the goal line carry too. So, you know, if Damian Harris can't go, he didn't practice all week last week. So it's possible that Damian Harris is out again also. So we might have to depend on these other guys. I think it'll be more of a split, um, yeah. you know, if neither of those, those guys go. But if I were to pick one of those guys in the Patriots backfield who's left, it would probably be Pierre Strong. Yeah, that's um, really who yeah. you have to go with. I mean, you know. I'll say so. Pierre Strong, he looked better last night. And obviously, you know, Kevin Harris was all right. But Pierre Strong, he had that 44-yard run. And then he obviously had the touchdown to go with it. And two catches. You know, Kevin Harris didn't get any targets. So it looks like that role, if there's any pass catch, it might go to him. It could change. Uh, we haven't seen either of these guys, you know, pretty much all year a whole lot. So it'll be interesting to see how they're used. But yeah, just early, I agree with you. I would go with Pierre Strong if I had to pick up one of the two. Kevin Harris, do you think you could get, get away with like, picking him up? Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, he did run more routes than uh, Pierre Strong, uh, but it mm-hmm. looks like it was more of a hot hand approach where Pierre Strong looked good to start the second half, and then he stayed in. Um, you know, when right. when the in, when the injury initially happened, uh, it was Kevin Harrison there, right in that set in the in the first half, and then in the right. second half, uh, it was it was more Pierre Strong, he, and I, I think it was more of a hot hand situation where it's like you know whoever comes in and does their thing, he's going to get the, the snaps, and that's what happened. Uh, Pierre Strong ended up you know, doing his thing. So I think yep. that's going to continue on to next week if Damian Harris can't go. And remember, Damian Harris, you know, he has a quad injury, so maybe he won't be at 100% and they don't want to give him a full workload. Yeah, that's, that's possible. True. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you were able to overcome all that <laughs> from last night. <laughs> it was a mess. Um, it was a mess, man. Um, Debo Samuel, he has an MCL sprain and an ankle sprain. So it's not a high ankle sprain. Uh, it's not an ACL, so good news, but he has two injuries right now that he has to overcome. Yeah. So there's a chance, they're saying there's a chance he comes back for week 17, which which, which would be our championship, fantasy championship week, uh, but I wouldn't hold out hope. You know, it's no. possible that they hold him out. Like, if, it's, if the 49ers, if they're good for the playoffs, you know, if there's not a lot, a whole lot of seeding that could change, they might just hold him out, um, you know, and, and, and wait. But remember, the NFL season goes up until week 18, um, so just keep that in mind, right? Like week yeah. 17 is still, you know, a, a, a pretty like important week for most NFL teams. If you, unless you're the Eagles, you know, who have only one loss, right? Um, yeah. So just, just, just keep that in mind. Uh, I wouldn't drop him, but yeah. I would, you know, I wouldn't depend on him, you know, for my championship week. No, especially with the injury, the way that he was producing too, you know, even when he was healthy, it wasn't fantastic you could start other guys over him and be all right. So if he's going to be coming back and he might not be 100%, like you said, dealing with two injuries, um, that would be grounds for me to kind of leave him on my bench unless I absolutely needed to start him. Like, I'm sure there are other options that people have on their championship rosters, you know, especially with the bye weeks done and over with, that they could get away with starting somebody over him. So I'm pretty much proceeding if I'm a team in the playoffs, which I'm not. (laughs) I'm pretty much proceeding with Debo Samuel as if he's not really going to be playing the rest of the season. Well, you know, it, with the whole injury situation and, and the quarterback situation too with Brock Purdy, I feel like, you know, Debo's role, you know, was set to increase. And we kind of saw that, you know, to start the game uh, last week. So yeah, if I had Debo, I was excited for the rest of the year. Like his upside just increased as his floor just increased. And I was looking forward to that. I would have been looking forward to. It. I didn't have Debo on, on on many teams, but it's a situation where you know I wish, you know, that didn't happen because he would have been a solid, oh, yeah. I think, wide receiver two, low end wide receiver two, uh, rest of the year. But 
you know, unfortunately, now you're going to have to find another option. And maybe Brandon IU can kind of step up and he, him and Brock Purdy maybe can get a little bit of a rapport going uh, for the best of the year. Yeah. Brandon IU didn't look bad with Brock Purdy. I mean, he didn't have the target share like he had with Jimmy Garoppolo, but he, he didn't look bad. He had that one long catch, uh, I know, for the touchdown. So we'll see yeah. how it goes. That's, there's something to work with there. I think so. Um, DJ Dallas uh, practiced on a limited basis on Monday. Kenneth Walker as well. Um, it, it, they didn't actually practice. It was just an estimated practice report. They're, they're playing on Thursday night. Um, if Kenneth Walker suits up, you know, it's, it's a tough decision that you have to make because he's going up against the 49ers and yeah. he's banged up. So it's like, what do you do, right? Um, it's a tough situation. You know, I'll probably not, I'm not going to rank him as like a top 15 guy this week no. uh, unless he gets a full full practice in today um then maybe but he'll probably be ranked somewhere between 16 and 20 if that yeah we've week. seen the 49ers defense to shut teams down um the seahawks offense is good but it's really been the passing game that's been getting it done for them and you know kenneth walker he was good but he kind of came down to earth a little bit on um, the past few weeks before he got injured. He, he's just um, a touchdown machine, pretty much. Yeah, that's about it. That's what it is. That's yeah, so point. he scores a lot of touchdowns. But um, against the 49ers, like you said, and then he's coming up. He's a little bit banged up. If he does play, there's no guarantee that he does play. I mean, I, I might have him ranked like 20, maybe a low-end RB2 yeah. for the week. I, I think that's that. about right. Um, You could maybe make an argument that he should be a little bit higher, maybe, if he comes back and, like you said, if he does have that full practice and he plays. But I think that you have to, you know, kind of take into account the matchup here. Um, The defense has just been stifling for the 49ers, so I'm not sure how much success you can expect this team to have um, against them, especially on a short week. A couple of more injury updates. Uh, Jeff Wilson, he's day-to-day with his hip injury, so it doesn't seem like a serious hip injury. He might end up playing. Uh, this upcoming week, Keep, you know, monitor that because Raheem Mostert would be a great start if Jeff Wilson can't go. Uh, right. DJ Moore, he has a knee sprain and he's day to day. Apparently, it's nothing significant, so he, it's possible that he's back and can play this past week. Um, unfortunately, he didn't have a good good week even before he went out this past week. Um, T Higgins, he's day to day. Tyler Boyd is also day to day. Lovey Smith says he's unsure about Damian Pierce's status going into next week. Uh, Mike White, he's day-to-day with a rib injury as well. So many damn injuries. Jesus Christ. Um, right. And uh, um, that's it. But I, I think with Tyler Boyd, apparently, it's possible that he misses uh, a week or two, according to Tom Palacero. So just keep, keep keep that in mind, you know, if you're deciding, you know, between, like, some of these low-end flex options in a deep league. Right. And – Mike, our producer, you know, he just put in, he's telling us that there are sources saying that Damian Pierce has a high ankle sprain. They're calling it that, and they could miss a week or two. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure. We're not sure what Lovey Smith said, but if he does miss time, you know, obviously you're not going to be starting him. But it doesn't look like you should expect that in your lineup, at least next week, if it is the case, you know, a high ankle sprain, something like that. So let's get into the waiver wire rankings now. Damian Harris is at number one here. It's possible that Damian Harris doesn't play this week, right? Like you yeah. pick him up. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be spending a whole lot of fab unless I'm super desperate for a running back. Uh, it's possible that you can get away with getting Chuba Hubbard for cheaper. Um, you know, if you really need a running back, and I wouldn't be surprised if Chuba Hubbard, you know, even <laughs> you know outscores Damian Harris because Chuba Hubbard's a little bit involved in the pass game. Uh, Damian Harris probably won't be, and I don't even know if Damian Harris yeah. is going to play in every down role. And if he does play, now it's a good matchup against Vegas uh, for Damian Harris this week. So I think he would be like a, I would. I wouldn't even call him a low-end RB2 
you know, maybe a, I guess it would be a low in RB2, high in RB3 play for me yeah. this week uh, if Ramondre doesn't go. I think a high in RB3 feels about right for me because I'm not sure Damian Harris, how much of a workload he's going to end up having, you know, if it comes down to the passing game or whatever. I think that he's been more of the running back, you know, in this offense. Obviously, when Ramondre Stevenson plays, you know, he gets the targets and he gets the catches. And Damian Harris, he's pretty much the ground game guy. So we could see maybe Pierre Strong or maybe even Kevin Harris, you know, step into the receiving role, handle that by committee, each of them get a few targets, and then Damian Harris just take the brunt of the early down, you know, run run game work. So I'd temper expectations. I'm not sure how much of an upside he would have. I think his production is going to come from just rushing yardage and touchdowns. I don't see him getting too many targets um, because that's not how he's been used historically in this offense. So I would temper expectations, but definitely, you know, this is a guy that's capable of starting in your lineup if he does go on Sunday, especially if you're missing Ramondre Stevenson and you can pick him up. Uh, he has to be floating around on waiver wires, right? Because he's been out for a little while and he wasn't. Yeah, he's about 50% rostered, like right around the edge uh, of where we look at, you know, these waiver wire options for. But he should be available in a lot of leagues for sure. Right. Um, and then we have Elijah Moore at number two. You know, we talked about him yesterday that he, run a, he ran at a near full route participation uh, on Sunday. And he ran at a near full route participation in week 13 as well. So he's yeah. already ramping up. The other thing is this. Elijah Moore, uh, he's playing out of the slot a lot more, uh, you know, since he kind of came back into that full-time role. And this yep. week, they're going up against the Lions. And yeah. the Lions have been very vulnerable to slot wide receivers. So if you need an upside play, I think you can plug in Elijah Moore this week. I think he's a really nice flex play. You know, I, I think you could maybe get away with starting him at wide receiver three. Um, I think he is a high in wide receiver three with wide receiver two upside um, this week. And he has a chance to score a touchdown, it seems like, with Mike White at quarterback, assuming he's good to go. So, yeah, if he's sitting on your waiver wire, I'm su- I would be surprised if he was sitting on the waiver wire because last week he did have that full route participation and the week before that he scored that touchdown. So, Things seem to be getting better surrounding his name on the Jets offense. It seems like he's getting more integrated. And I, I think if you can pick him up, you know, you'd have yourself a strong wide receiver. And that's why we have him here at Tips. He's available in a lot of leagues. He's available in uh, 79, 69% of leagues, so 31% roster. He's one of the lowest rostered players uh, on this entire list. So if he's available in your league, he should definitely be picked up at the very least because he has a good schedule the rest of the way. And he is a high outside player, as we saw last year. Um, And then, you know, Chuba Hubbard, I have him here at three. Um, You know, if you need a running back for sure, and you don't want to take any chances with Damian Harris and whether, you know, he's going to play this week or not, Ramondre Stevenson might even end up playing, right? So, like, he might come back. And now Damian Harris, you can't even play him, right? Chuba Hubbard, I think, would be the most – the pickup that will just give you points. Right, he had 17 yep. carries in week 12 before the bye, uh, 14 carries this past week against Seattle, three targets as well, so 17 touches uh, in this game, uh, 99 yards. So, you know, he scored a touchdown. You know, so he's being used interchangeably with Deontay Foreman as a very close one B uh, in this backfield, and they're trusting him more and more as he's gotten healthier. So, Chuba Herbert is somebody that you could pick up right now and you can plug in as a flex easily. Yeah, Chuba Hubbard was getting it done, if you remember, back in the day when Christian McCaffrey was a Panther and he would be down with injuries. Chuba Hubbard was actually, you know, pretty serviceable. He was able to do what he needed to do at the running back position. And we're seeing that he's, you know, like you said, getting healthier. He looks better in this offense and they're definitely trusting him 
to take some work along with Deonta Foreman. This isn't the Foreman show. Obviously, he had a few good games, but Chuba Hubbard never really got rotated out. He had a couple quiet games, but the workload has been there for him for the most part, especially as of late. And that's the kind of stuff you want to take advantage of, especially heading into the playoffs. If you don't have a running back, one of them just got injured, which this past week was pretty brutal for injuries. Uh, you should definitely be picking him up because, like you said, he gives you a nice floor. Damian Harris might have a higher upside um, week to week. Uh, I don't think Chuba Hubbard puts up 18 points again, PPR. Um, I don't think he has that type of day again. But I think he's good for 10 or 12, you know, especially if the Panthers' offense plays like it has these past few weeks. Yeah, just keep in mind, you know, they are at home against Pittsburgh, which means that the, the game script uh, should favor these running backs in Carolina. Uh, right. You know, Pittsburgh's offense is not a type of offense that's going to score a lot of points. So it's possible that these running backs combine again for like 35 carries. I can totally yeah. see it. It happened they the last two ha- games. And it's not just a game script. I mean, this is Mitch Trubisky we're talking about potentially starting for the Steelers. And we saw him throw a bunch of picks last week. And the Panthers got a bunch of picks on Geno Smith uh, just last week. So uh, this could be a matchup where, like you said, we see them on the field a lot more than we don't. And when you're on the field and you have you're, when you're on your field more than you anticipate being on the field, that'll allow you to dictate the game flow. And that's what benefits running back. So I think that's definitely you know a good point there that they have the Steelers coming up. A few guys uh, that I want to mention that you know are not on this list who can be available in your in your leagues. Like they don't, you know. I'm looking at guys who are, are available in fifty percent, uh, at least fifty percent of leagues on Yahoo, ESPN, and Sleeper. Um, guys who are not available in most leagues but are kind of near that threshold. Uh, number one, Zonovan Knight. He's around fifty-eight percent rostered on Sleeper. If he's available on your waiver wire, he's obviously the number one pick by far. Like, it's not even close. So if yeah. he's available, you just throw everything at him. All, all the rest of your fab, if you have any left, Zonovan Knight is the number one ad. Traylon Burks, he's also right near that threshold, but he's a little bit above it. Um, if he's available, he has to be picked up. He should be back this week from that concussion. Uh, Evan Ingram, you know, obviously he had that huge game last week. He's also over the threshold by a little bit. So you want to pick him up. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, another guy who's available in about 35 to 40% of leagues. Um, if he's available, he had the best game of his career this past week. You want to pick him up. Zay Jones, also, he's over the threshold as well. Uh, he, All of these guys, I'd rather pick these guys up than any of the guys I just mentioned. Um, maybe outside of, maybe, they, you know, Elijah Moore is close with, like, DPJ. I think DPJ is a lot more, you know, reliable. Um, yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd rather pick all these guys over these over the guys that I already mentioned. Uh, Zay Jones, he's also over the threshold, and that's about it. Uh, Richie James, you know, somebody that um, I was going to put on this list, uh, just in general, but not near the top of the list, but maybe somewhere in the middle or the, or the bottom. He's in concussion protocol right now. I'm assuming yeah. he's going to miss this week, so that's why he's not on the waiver wire list at all. Uh, but he had three out of the past four weeks. He's had decent games. Um, yeah, three touchdowns, know, including yeah, including against Washington. So. You know, he should be okay once he's back for the Giants. Okay, I just wanted to mention those names, uh, you know, beforehand, just in case they're available on your waiver wire uh, and you can't, uh, and, you know, because I I don't want you going ahead and picking up Damian Harris before you pick up Zonovan Knight. (laughs) That's that's why I mentioned it. (laughs) That's Um, an important, you know, difference to make. make, Exactly. For sure. Um, Okay. And then I have Pierre, uh, I have DJ Shark at at number four. the only thing with DJ Shark you got to keep in mind is that they're going up against the Jets this week. 
So I'm simply not playing DJ Shark. Like that's 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 <laughs> it's pretty simple for me. Um, yeah. The Jets on the outside. DJ Shark runs almost all of his routes on the outside. You know, against DJ Reed, against Sauce Gardner, I'm good. Okay. Um, you know, if anybody's going to have a good game, it's probably going to be Amon Ra um, out of the slot. But I don't want to play DJ Shark. But the reason why I want to pick DJ Shark up is for the weeks after that. Um, you know, I'll pick him up. I'll throw him on my bench if he's available because uh, he has Carolina and Chicago in weeks 16 and week 17. And he could be a solid, you know, potentially solid wide receiver three for you in those matchups. Yeah, and you're absolutely right. I was kind of going into this matchup last week. I was looking at DJ Chark and what he did before, obviously, they played and the Bills played the Jets. Um, the Jets corners just shut down Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis and Josh Allen. Like, they're going to have their way with the Lions receivers, too. So I, I think this is absolutely, you know, the right call. I wouldn't maybe start him next week, uh, but the weeks afterwards, definitely, because Jared Goff is playing pretty well. Hopefully, a matchup against New York doesn't kill whatever momentum they have in terms of, you know, offensive output. But DJ Chark, he's a good pickup. You're not going to be able to start him this week, but he's been getting it done recently. You should be able to have him on your bench at least. He's going to be a nice add, I mean, regardless of who you have uh, on your on your bench at wide receiver. Agreed. Elsie um, Wong is asking, is McKinnon worth picking up over all of these waiver wire play- players? Um, that's, a good, that's another one that was kind of near the threshold as well that I didn't mention. Um, I, I would say that I would rather pick up Damian Harris, Elijah Moore. See, the thing is, with, with McKinnon, at least you can play him, you know, the rest of the year, right? Damian Harris yeah. might, might be a one-week rental. So, sure, maybe I'll pick him up over McKinnon. I think, depending on what you need, I think Elijah Moore is going to be a little bit, potentially a little bit more valuable, um, maybe a higher floor. Uh, Chuba yep. Hubbard, same thing. I'd rather have Chuba Hubbard over McKinnon. I'd rather have Shark over McKinnon. Um, and maybe that's it, like... You know, if you're looking for upside, but McKinnon's role last week didn't change. Um, you know, and you know he just happened to have these long passes went his way. De- the Denver defense is, you know, one that doesn't let wide receivers do their thing. So that's part of the right. reason why there was so many dump offs to Jared McKinnon this past week. I-, I think we don't see that type of game from McKinnon moving forward. Yeah, just for a little context too, he's gone over six targets in four games this season, including the one against Denver that we just saw. Uh, the one tar- game he had six targets, he finished with five points. Two other games he finished with eight targets apiece, 10 and 11 points. So this was an outlier performance by a mile. So, like we said, his role hasn't changed. And those were good days by his standards. The other days that he's had were relatively quiet as well. So I'm not sure how much I prioritize McKinnon over really a whole lot of these guys because, like you said, the role didn't change. It was just the production. And how many times – I mean – we, we know it's Patrick Mahomes, but how many times are we going to see him like reverse flip the thing from or like twist his body, just flick it out there for Jarek McKinnon? He's going to have 50 yards ahead of him of open space. We're not going to see that every week. Uh, it was a great play, but Jarek McKinnon, his, val- his value, I think, is just about the same. You lucked out if you started him this week. CW78 is asking, you guys think it's time to drop Singletary for a player like Knight or McKinnon? Uh, I would drop him for Zonovan Knight very easily, but I would yeah. not drop him for McKinnon. Yeah, I'm in agreement. That one's okay. pretty simple. Just because okay, cool. Devin Singletary has a decent you know, workload, a, a decent role in the offense, where Jerk, again, he's just a pass catcher, and that's about it. Who would you trust more the rest of the year, Elijah Moore or DJ Shark? That's a good question. That's, that is a good question. Trust. Remember, this is a trust issue question. Right? Yeah, trust. Um, I, I don't know how much trust you can have in Elijah Moore. 
Yeah. You know, um, it, he's more of an upside play. I, I think this week I'd rather play Elijah Moore, but I think the weeks after that, I might have rather have DJ Shark. Yeah. So that's how that's how I would play it. If you really need to play this week, I would go. This is Sean, by the by the way, asking this question. Mm-hmm. Elijah Moore for this week and DJ Shark Shark for weeks sixteen and seventeen. That's how I would deal with it. I know we want to trust Elijah Moore again because he's had that route participation go up. We want to, like we said, and we I'd know what he can be. Trust him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but DJ Chark, he's going to be a part of this Lions offense regardless. It's just a bad matchup next week. If it was a decent matchup, if it wasn't the Jets, you know, I think I would say DJ Chark pretty easily. If it was a neutral matchup for DJ yeah. Chark, I would say DJ Chark yeah. pretty easily. It's also, uh, you know, keep in mind that Elijah Moore does have a good schedule the rest of the way, even, you know, this week, week 16, and week 17, you know, solid enough yeah. against the Seahawks. Um, yeah, I get so, yeah. the intrigue with Elijah Moore because everyone was on Elijah Moore coming into the season, you know, to have that breakout. And we're seeing glimpses of at least relevance that we haven't seen all season. I, I would just temper expectations just a little bit, even though, like you said, he yeah. does have that good schedule. We're not sure how and that's he, going And he's to playing in a, a completely different role to coming out of the slot as well. So, right. Something to keep in mind. Okay. Let's see. Pierre Strong mentioned him. You know, he would be the next guy up if both Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris miss. Uh, Kadarius Tony, I have him here at six. He's simply an upside bench play, a bench stash right now. Bench play. Um, he's probably <laughs> bench play. He's probably going to play this week uh, because he was really close to playing in week fourteen. Uh, if he ends up playing, he's just an upside flex play. You know, I would as- I would assume a floor of zero. Um, yeah. You know, going. You know, as of right now. Yeah, I, I would definitely assume a floor of zero, too, because, you know, that's kind of what we banked on uh, a couple weeks ago when he was supposed to be playing. And then he came in and he put up a donut. So that was it's definitely not out of the equation. You know, it sounds funny saying that Kadarius Tony on an offense that's quarterback by Patrick Mahomes might have a floor of zero. But that, that's entirely possible because it's happened before. And this injury, it's just been lingering the whole time. We thought it was just magical that he came to Kansas City, you know, and that this injury would go away. But that hasn't been the case. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm back. I got kicked out for a second. So Kadarius K- Tony is, you know, for me, he just like 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 Zach was just elaborating on. He's just an upside stash right now. Um, if you need to play him, you need some upside next week, and you, your team's actually made the playoffs, but it sucks. Yeah, throw Kadarius Tony in there for some upside. Yeah, because um, I have a sucky team in that community league. You know, I got so many injuries, like it's over for me in that first round. So like, if I have Kadarius Tony in that league, uh, I'll just play him. Yeah. Um, and then I got Jahan Dotson at number seven here. Um, he had a pretty good game uh, against the Giants before their bye. And, you right. know, he the, the, the thing that intrigues me about him is that he had nine targets in that game. You know, that's that's something to keep an eye out for because first-round pick, you know, whenever <laughs> I see, like, a big spike in targets for that first-round pick, especially with somebody like Curtis Samuel who's kind of losing targets, um, right. I'm paying attention. And he, he has the same matchup this week. Yeah, it is the same matchup, which is, you know, really odd to have them go back to back against the same team. Just one of those weird scheduling nuances that they have in the NFL. But I'm okay with picking up Jahan Dotson. I'm not sure how much I trust him, though. You know, he seems like he'd be a pretty good pickup, you know, especially going against the same team. But before last the last game that they played, you know, he had nine targets in that game. Before those three games before that, he had four targets combined. And Carson Wentz at the beginning of the season was looking for Jahan Dotson a lot. He was actually leading their rookie receivers and touchdowns by a huge margin. He had four touchdowns in the first four weeks. But then since Terrell Heineke's taken over, his target share has dropped like tremendously. 
And it hasn't been like anything short of just drastic that he hasn't seen the ball a whole lot. So I was kind of surprised to see him play well against the Giants, not because of the talent, but just because of the way Taylor Heineke has used him. I'm not sure I want to count on that this week. But definitely, if you have no other options, you know, he's coming off a strong performance. Maybe he can build a little bit on that rapport. And that might be what we have him here for. But I'm not a tremendous fan of Jahan Dotson unless I see another at least decent, you know, target share um, in this next week. Like five targets, maybe I'll think about it. But he hasn't seen a whole lot before last week. Yeah, and that's because he wasn't running routes. Right. Before last week. Before last week. Uh, 41% of snaps, 66% of snaps, 61% of snaps, and then in week 13, it bumped up to 80%. Um, so, it, you know, you it's think- a situation where the playing time increased, his route participation increased, um, and it could have been a situation where he was still a little bit banged up um, and, yeah. and, and he wasn't getting that full workload. Um, and then he ended up getting that full workload, ran 84% route participation uh, right before his buy, and now he has another week to get back. I think he's going to become a full-time player once again uh, this week. All right. I hope so. You know, I, I like Jahan Dotson. I, I like him coming out of the draft, and I thought this was a good landing spot for him. But, you know, I think three weeks easing him back, I don't know. It could be, but that's not what I want to see. Yeah, 100%. But I just don't want people to think that it's because of Taylor Heineke that he wasn't targeting him. It's just that he wasn't on the field running routes. And that that's that's the distinction that we have to make here, right? Because like otherwise then we can easily chalk it up to that. But if he's not on the field, you know, running routes, you know, getting near a full route participation, that's we can attribute it to that more than, you know, him not having a rapport with 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 Heineke. So when his route participation went jumped all the way back up to near a full-time player, and we see the routes kind of jump back up, we're like, okay, we can kind of get back in. It's similar to the Elijah Moore situation where, you know, the routes kind of jump back up. We're like, oh, okay, like he's a full-time player again. Now he's getting the targets. Um, and there is room here. So, you know, there is room for a number two wide receiver to emerge. Um, and he's obviously a talented player. So um, somebody to pick up, you know, this week particularly – I would only start him as a flex play, um, you know, if you need it. Uh, next week, he has San Francisco, so very tough matchup there. Uh, but the weeks after that, you know, not so bad against Cleveland uh, against Cleveland in Week 17. So, uh, you know, just I, this is just a purely a bet on talent. And another yeah. bet on talent at number eight is Chigozi and Mokonkwo. Um, yeah. You know, he you know he was not a full time player. He 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 shared the routes between him and Austin Hooper this past week the week before that uh just keep in mind like we talked about yesterday you know that Traylon burks will likely be back this week from that concussion um so there might be some less targets to go around uh but you know like he's he looks talented you know he's leading the league in yards per route run among all tight ends not just rookies uh so he's worth a bet on like if you need a tight end uh you know you're kind of streaming you know you got you have some of these a bunch of these low-end guys he is definitely worth a pickup like i would pick him up over almost all these guys that we have listed here uh, at yeah, tight end. Definitely. He's the tight end pickup for the week. And I don't want to say like he's the tight end pickup of the last few weeks, but this is a really talented player, you know, sitting here on the waiver wire that nobody, I guarantee, like most leagues, nobody's going to have had him picked up. Um, Austin Hooper was the guy that people were rostering from the Titans. So Chagosi McConquo, you could definitely pick him up. He has enough upside where, you know, it warrants him starting, even though his floor might be, you know, pretty low. That's the case with a lot of tight ends um, this season. So there's no reason not to pick him up if he's on the wire. Unless you have Travis Kelsey, Mark Andrews, TJ Hawkins, it's just 
grab him. You know, <laughs> you could you could throw him in in case things look bad for another guy or just an injury would happen. Just keep him on your bench because he's healthy and he's producing. Yeah, uh, if Evan Ingram's available, I'd pick up Evan Ingram first. Um, but if he's yeah. not, Okonko will be the next guy up. And then Paris Campbell at number nine here. Um, he's had a couple of down weeks over the past few weeks, and we've had we we saw Alec Pierce kind of do his thing last week. Uh, but this week they got the Vikings, right? So yeah, you want to target these guys, right? I think Paris Campbell has a better matchup than Alec Pierce does this week out of the slot. Uh, Alec Pierce runs a lot of his routes on the right side. Minnesota has been okay on that right side, but on the left side, like they've been, you know. They've been absolutely we saw, you know, we talked about uh DJ Shark, you know, and how he runs most of his routes on the left left perimeter. Uh, yeah. and that's where Minnesota has been super vulnerable. And where did he catch that touchdown? That long touchdown that he caught on the left perimeter. Okay, so like we, we kind of depend on these type of matchups. And Paris Campbell uh has a decent matchup out of the slot this week. So he's available in a lot of leagues. He's been dropped in a ton, especially you know, uh since his bye was just this past week. Uh you can pick him up and just start him as a PPR flex play pretty easily this week. Yeah, and he's just been quiet. Uh, I think he's liable to you know, kind of get back up to where we want him to be in terms of his production because Matt Ryan's still playing, and this bye week should help. You know, maybe the teams make changes, and it could get him you know, just a little bit more involved recently because he hasn't been getting the targets from Matt Ryan. They just have to get back to that. We talked about that before their matchup against Dallas, that they just need to get him more involved, and the offense will look better. Um, I, I think they can do that. So Paris Campbell... Like you said, he's a flex play definitely against Minnesota. It's like start everyone territory. Um, he might not be a start like we had last week with the Lions, but he, he should have pretty decent upside, you know, in this matchup, just based off of the matchup alone. Uh Chris Moore, you know, he he got it done this past week with both yeah. uh with both uh, what's Jeff his name? Driscoll. Uh Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins out, right? And you know, if, if those guys are out again against Kansas City, uh, I'd be happy to play Chris Moore again as a wide receiver three. Uh, you know, he got the targets. Didn't matter what quarterback was in there. He was being targeted. Uh, this happened before, too, right? Like earlier on in the year where, you know, like these guys were out, caught four balls, 43 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so he was able to get it done for you before when we were a lot of people were spot starting him. So. In another yeah. spot start potentially this week in a good matchup against Kansas City. Listen, Russell Wilson was able to throw for three touchdowns. Okay. The Broncos threw for four touchdowns in this game. Okay. Yeah, against yeah. Kansas City. Jerry Judy ended up getting three touchdowns. So it's very possible uh that, you know, even on a you know inferior offense, it's possible that Chris Moore can still get it done if those guys are out. Yeah. And if this would end up being, you know, garbage time territory, like it should have been last week against the Chiefs, which it very well could be again this week, you know that could just stand to help him even more. You know, they're just going to be throwing the ball, trucking it up. Someone has to be out there catching passes. Chris Moore isn't a guy that you're going to be pulling off the field, you know, to save him for the next game. So I think this is a really nice upside play. You know, if you have him at flex, that's that's really nice to have him there because I don't think you can really go wrong. If you're starting Chris Moore, yes, the floor might be pretty low, but I think you have a better shot at, you know, cashing in on some upside this week against the Chiefs because, like you said, the Broncos' offense is bad. And they kind of tore up the Chiefs' defense last week. Jamison Williams, I have him here at number 11. Um, you know, like I said, he ran less than 10 routes, uh, you know, last week. So, you know, he got that touchdown. Awesome. But I wouldn't start him this week against the Jets, right? Obviously. No. Um, let's see. This is a good opportunity to pick him up, put him on your bench, and then see how many routes he ends up running this week, right? And if it's like over 50% 
a route participation, that would be a huge jump for him. And then I would feel somewhat comfortable throwing him in my lineup in week 16 if I really, really need it, if I'm desperate and I'm looking for some upside. Uh, but other than that, like if you if that's not what you need, I, I'm okay leaving him you know, on the waiver wire. But I'll say this. Jameson Williams is somebody who, you know, someone can start him in championship week, in week 17, because they're desperate. Someone got hurt. They pick up Jameson Williams. They put him in. And then he goes off, right, yeah. for like 100 yards and two touchdowns. It's possible. Jameson Williams has that type of talent. So mm-hmm. maybe you just, these type of upside guys, pick him up and put him on your bench. If you're not yeah. going to play him, don't let anyone else play him. Right. And every week he's getting healthier. You know, he's had the low route participation the past few weeks, but that's to be expected, you know, coming off the type of injury that he had and missing as much time as he did. And he's competing with other guys that are good in the passing game. You know, he's going to be working against Amara St. Brown. DJ Chark is there. And even, you know, Josh Reynolds has been, you know, all right. I think, like I said, I attribute that to the Rams connection with Jared Goff. But um, there's talent that he's working alongside, not to mention Jamal Williams, DeAndre Swift in the backfield and suddenly Justin Jackson again. Um, I think regardless of how healthy he is, his route participation might not be anything near 50% the rest of the season, but it doesn't look look like he's going to need that. He might be just the home run hitter, like you said. So even if he doesn't hit the 50%, maybe he gets to 40 or something like that, you know, he'll be able to contribute, I think, down the stretch if they keep using him as a deep play threat because that's what he was at Alabama. <laughs> he looked really good, and that's what they drafted him to be, I think, at this point. So he could definitely get it done for you. Uh, if you have him as a flex, he's a really nice upside flex, assuming that this his route participation goes up just a little bit You know, these next few weeks. I'm a little bit more confident in him. Definitely, I wouldn't drop him. If you have him, just keep him on your bench because he has the upside to be worth starting in these next two weeks. I have McCole Hartman here at 12. Uh, he could be back this week. You know, we saw what he was doing, you know, beforehand. Like, he wasn't getting a full route participation or anything like that. But this is the Chiefs offense. You know, he was getting those, like, key red zone packages. And it's possible when he's back, they give him a little bit more of that, right? And we, we've seen yeah. him perform and be efficient on his touches near the red zone especially. So uh, he's somebody that I, w- I would pick up, throw him on my bench if I don't need to play him even. Because he could he could be very valuable in a spot start. Now, with Kadarius Tony there, you know, it's possible that Tony kind of, you know, takes away some of that, right? If both these guys are healthy, do they take enough away from each other where we're not seeing, you know, that production, that upside? Uh, but right. still, I think both of these guys should be rostered. You know, Harbin will be back, and they might end up just using both these guys, and you know, both these guys can potentially do their thing. I think Harbin has a better floor than Kadarius Tony. Um, that's assuming, you know, whenever Nicole Hardman starts again, I'm not sure if it's this week or the next week, but he's getting healthier. So he'll be, he's eligible to come he, off. He's, IR, he's right? eligible to come back this week. Yeah. So if he would play, I think his floor is better than Kadarius Tony. Um, but I, I think Kadarius Tony's upside stays a little bit higher, but this is a guy that's been around in the chiefs offense for a while with Patrick Mahomes, especially, you know, he's been able to do his thing. They're kind of working with Juju Smith-Schuster and that's okay. But outside of that, they're pretty thin at receiver. So I think Nicole Hardman, he comes back. He could go right back into that role that he had before. If he goes back into that role that he had before he got injured, where he finished as a wide receiver three and six back-to-back weeks, um, I'd have no problem starting him as a flex. But obviously we have to see what his health looks like coming back from this injury that he had. Um, he might be limited in the first game back, but maybe you start him in the second round of the playoffs. You know, you might be able to get him back at full strength. Um, I'm not sure if I'd start him over a whole lot of guys, but there are definitely going to be teams out there that need somebody to start. And Michael Hartman can be that guy. 
I got Mac Hollins at 13. You know, he's like a plug and play wide receiver. He's going up against New England at home this week. You know, we've seen him kind of be up and down, uh, but he is possible. To, he is very capable of putting up, you know, double digit, you know, PPR fantasy points any any given week. Um, so the matchup isn't terrible against the Patriots. I'm okay, you know, starting him. Uh, Ronda Moore, I have him at 14. He didn't practice last week, uh, but it's possible that he is back this week. So, in a PPR league, I would assume that, you know, Hollywood, you know, Greg Dorch hardly played at all on offense uh, this yeah. past week. Hollywood Brown was the one coming out of the slot, which is very surprising to me. Um, and it was uh, Ro- Robbie Anderson playing on the outside. So I would assume when Rondell Moore is back, assuming he's going to be back this week, that they would move Hollywood, you know, back to the outside uh, and then Rondell Moore playing the slot. That's what I would assume. So, yeah. uh, you know, we'll see how that works out. But even with the quarterback change, I would still expect Ronda Moore to potentially be, you know, PPR flex play at worst, you know, when he's healthy. Yeah. You, you never know with Cliff Kingsbury how they're going to be implementing these wide receivers and using them on the offense. But I think it would make the most sense, you know, put Marquise Brown on the outside and Ronda Moore in the slot. I, I'm a little bit more turned off maybe than you are to the idea of Ronda Moore just because of that quarterback change. Colt McCoy didn't look good. And like I said, I don't know how much they're going to have to play for. They might not be playing too hard these next few games. They might just try to get through the season, you know, reset, reload, and you focus on Kyler Murray coming back for next season, that kind of thing. I don't think it's going to be the point where they don't produce, but I don't have a whole lot of hope in terms of his fantasy production for the rest of the season just because of Colt McCoy. You can pick him up. I think that he might be a volume. If he does produce, he's going to be volume-based. He's going to be a PPR guy. Um, I don't trust him to do a whole lot of scoring on this offense just because the ceiling is now, you know, pretty limited. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, against the Rams in week 10, he caught nine for 94 on 13 targets from Colt McCoy. So if a receiver is capable of doing that with Colt was, McCoy, I'm picking his Was ass Marquise up. Brown playing then? He was not playing, no. Yeah, so that that kind of factors into, into it for me too. Um, there are a lot. They finally get all their weapons back, and of course, Kyler Murray goes down. But um, Rondell Moore, that, that's the thing for me. I think that he might kind of just be overshadowed by some of the targets in this offense. My issue there, my pushback on that is that, you know, no matter who's been starting in the slot this year, you know, they've been getting their targets, right? And, you know, when Zach Ertz was on the field, when DeAndre Hopkins was on the, when uh, Hopkins was on the field, when, you know, so that there were different points in, in the season where you had Zach Ertz on the field, Hollywood Brown on the field, and then Rondell Moore on the field. All three were getting their targets. You had Ertz, you had Zach Ertz, you also had uh, Hollywood Brown, and then you had Greg Dorch on the field, and all three were getting their targets. And in this situation, you have uh, Hollywood Brown, uh, you have Zach Ertz off the field now, and then you have uh, Hopkins, and you you might have you know Rondell Moore, you know, out, coming out the slot. So I think th- this is a situation where all of these guys, especially with their defense being as bad as they are, all these guys can get their targets. Um, and you know what? To be honest with you, like the <laughs> with with Kyler Murray, I would probably be more confident in Hollywood Brown than Rondell Moore. But I would not be surprised if Rondell Moore actually starts out of the slot. I would not be surprised if Rondell Moore ends up with a higher target share than Hollywood Brown, you know, going forward, uh, just yeah. because of the fact that he's coming out of the slot, you know. And I think because of that possibility, uh, only in PPR leagues, because his, you know, you know, his depth of target's so low, um, only because of that and his, you know, his yards after the con- yards after catch ability is pretty good too. It's a situation where, like, I don't want to leave that on the waiver wire, you know, especially going into the yeah. playoffs because when people can become desperate, they're going to pick up a guy like that 
who's capable of, you know, getting double-digit targets. Um, and I don't think Cliff Kingsbury is going to change the offense that much. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to have a choice because, you know, this defense is bad. And, yeah. you know, they're not going to be able to, like, just run the ball all, all over teams for, uh, the rest of the way. Yeah, that's true. James Conner, you can lean on him only so much. So I guess that's true. But, like I said, I'm just tempering expectations for Rondo Moore. I know it makes sense. Obviously, you should pick him up on the waiver wire, but I'm not sure, you know, how much of an impact he's going to have. Uh, we'll I mean, see. he has good matchups. You know, week 16 against Tampa, week 17 against Atlanta. I mean, like, I'm out of the slot, like, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm picking him up for sure. Um, if you need another tight end, like the outside of the guys that I mentioned before, you know, Conklin is available in leagues. Like he doesn't have a huge floor, but at least he's getting targets. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that, that's really what it comes down to. And then on top of that, you know, you kind of have like a decent matchup. We talked about the Jets matchups, you know, moving forward, you know, Detroit this week, Jacksonville, then Seattle, you know, three, three teams that, you know, are pretty vulnerable to tight ends. So at least he has good matchups the rest of the way. Um, so if you need a tight end, and you're desperate. Those guys aren't available. Conklin would probably be the next guy up. Is there anybody else that you could think of, like available on waivers that that you might want to pick up over Conklin? Like in besides, terms of besides, tight ends, besides besides yeah, tight end, besides Oconquo, obviously besides uh, Evan Ingram. I don't really think there's anybody else. That, That's like, it. It's right? hard to say because even so, even so, with you know Oconquo and them and Ingram ahead of them. I think maybe Ingram has broken out of the streamer territory. You might be able to start him every week, but Tyler Conklin and Oconqua, I'm still considering them streamers. So they're all lumped in. You know, you, you can take your pick at them. The only reason I have a little hope for Tyler Conklin is because he's had those high target games um, before with Mike White. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I wouldn't really have anybody else that I can think of. Like, obviously, no one jumps off the page to me at tight end. No one has yeah. this whole season. So. Just to kind of run through the rest of these uh, before we we sign off, uh, Ben Skaronic, you know, was targeted heavily by Baker Mayfield. Not somebody that I trust at all, but you know, yeah. if you're in a deep league, you know, you pick him up, you throw him on your bench in PPR leagues to see if Baker Mayfield continues to target him. He was the highest targeted player, um, and he was the highest performer among all of these uh, wide receivers when Baker with Baker Mayfield. Um, and then you have right. Alec Pierce at 17. A little bit of a tougher matchup, uh, but if he's moving around a little bit against Minnesota, he can get it done. This is a very, very vulnerable defense for wide receivers. So if you're desperate at wide receiver, Alec Pierce can get it done. Gus Edwards, yeah. you know, he's getting some getting some run. Um, obviously, J.K. Dobbins is in front of him, but if you need just a running back who's going to get touches, you know, I think Gus Edwards, you know, will be fine, uh, you know, as in terms of like if you're desperate desperate for for a running back and you have nobody else moving forward isaiah mckenzie you know the, the bills just re-signed cole beasley um i don't think he's going to end up playing over isaiah mckenzie uh maybe he will i don't know i doubt it uh but mckenzie you know he, he was running at a you know near full route participation over the past couple of weeks tough matchup last week uh but i think moving forward he has much better matchups um and if the bills end up getting in more competitive games where they have to throw more um, then Isaiah McKenzie uh, could get it done. And I have Travis Homer here as a little bit of a joke. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, he's not a joke. <laughs> but, you know, if, you know, listen, if you don't have a running back, right, and if you need to bet on any running back off the waiver wire to do something, Travis Homer played 90% of snaps last week on Sunday, okay? He, and I understand he's going up against the 49ers. But, you know, if you're going bet, to bet on anyone, I wouldn't just look at what he did last week in terms of his performance, as like, you know, that's just going to happen every single time he gets 90% of snaps. 
Okay. Right. So if these guys are out again, you know, if both um, Kenneth Walker and DJ Dallas are out again, then, you know, you might want to, you know, throw him in your lineup if you're super, super desperate, you know, as somebody who's going to be on the field on every play. I think you'd have to be super, super desperate is right. You know, because they are playing the Niners. And even if he does play 90% of snaps, there's, I think he should have more points than he had last week, but I'm still tempering yes. expectations with him just because. I would um, I would say, like, listen, if, if he plays 90% of snaps again, he's getting at least 10 PPR points. Like, it just yeah. doesn't happen. Like, how often the correlation for 90... Yeah, exactly. Correlation for 90% of snaps is so much higher than what he had last last week. So he he's he would be due for a lot more fantasy points, even in a tougher matchup. I would, I would assume that he gets some more targets through the air and all that, too. Yeah, his performance was an outlier among outliers last week when you consider, yeah, it was. like you said, how much he played. 100%. All right, guys, uh, we got to call it now. Uh, we'll, we'll be back tomorrow uh, for our quarterback and running back rankings. Um, again, Hope you guys made the playoffs. And, uh, you know, if you have some bad beats, you have some interesting stories about how you made the playoffs or how you didn't make the playoffs, DM me over on Instagram at Upper Hand Fantasy, uh, and I'll take a look. And I'll share I'll share the most, uh, most interesting ones. All right, guys. Take it easy. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. See ya.